1: you can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC, channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. David disobeyed God's Word, and this is important. You know, God forewarned the kings of Israel to stay clear of certain temptations, just like we've been talking about. And, and the kings were not to multiply horses or wives or silver or gold. In Deuteronomy 17, 16, it says, but... He shall not multiply horses for himself, neither shall he multiply wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall uh, he greatly multiply silver and gold for himself. And so uh, long before Bathsheba came along, David was disobeying God, right? He was multiplying wives. And, and uh, you know, God gave David time to repent. And sometimes we look at it and we think, you know, well, why didn't he just smite him right away? Well, 2 Peter 3 tells us that God gives us all time to repent. It says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise but as some count slackness but is long suffering towards us he's patient towards us not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance see god gives you time to repent and we can think in our minds well god's continuing to bless me at school at work financially whatever so it's no big deal it must be okay no he's giving you time to repent right he's not saying it's okay the bible says in numbers 32:23 be sure your sin will find you out right that there's no hiding it. It's going to come out. And maybe David thought, I got this under control. Maybe he thought, I'm just going to have her over. We're just going to talk. It's late at night. We're just going to talk. I don't think so, right? Uh, But here's the thing. David probably thought, like many people think, I can play with sin up to a certain point and I can stop because I'm in control. And the Bible says that an unguarded strength is a double weakness. If you think you're strong and it's never gonna happen to you, you're the person that's gonna have to. When people come to me and say, Pastor Bob, what about this pastor and he went off and had an affair and wigged out? What do you think about that? And I always tell them the same thing. Well, he must have not thought that it was gonna happen to him, right? See, I didn't grow up in the church. I've seen it over and over and over again, right? I know it can happen to anybody. And I know that we are all basically fundamentally wired the same, right? As, as it relates to men and women and relationships. And, and so if you think it can never happen to you, look out, right? That's what the Bible says. It says, take heed. The thing is, is that our world is just full of temptation. And, and what's the point of it? Well, it's the kingdom of darkness wanting to ruin your life, ruin my life. And here's the thing. God wants us to be successful, And this is something that we need to understand. No one ever plans to fall away from the Lord. I've never met somebody on a Sunday morning come up to me after church and say, Pastor Bob, that was a great sermon. I mean, that's so good. I mean, I just am just so filled with the Spirit, enjoying God's blessings in my life and victory over sin. But you know, six years from now, I, I'm gonna go off the rails, I'm gonna sin, I'm gonna ruin my life. What do you think of that? No one's ever said that to me. Why? Because no one plans on doing it. But everyone in this room knows somebody who was a Christian who loved God and, and kind of wigged out, right? Everybody has different temptations, right? I mean, it's not all the same, <laughs> I am not tempted by heroin. If somebody comes up to me, you know, uh, wherever and says, hey, Pastor Bob, here's a needle, you wanna put some heroin in? I mean, that's not tempting to me. But here's the thing, the enemy knows what tempts you, right? And, And so, David didn't think about the consequences of his sin, and I think this is so important as it relates to giving into to temptation. There are always consequences to sin, whether you see it or not. In Romans 6.23, it says, the wages of sin is death. In other words, you reap what you sow. When you give into those sin, they will destroy your life. David's sin with Bathsheba began a 20-year downward spiral for David. He was on the rise all the way into his 50s, serving God, loving God, things were going well, and then at this point, man, things just start going terrible. And when dealing with temptation, it's a good practice to think about, where's this going to lead me down the road? What is it going to do to my life? What is it going to do to my children, my family, my grandchildren? What is it going to do to my relationship with God and my witness to God? And, and, And all of those things. Now, apparently David didn't do that. Now, God gives us this biography of David as a warning to learn from that we don't have to suffer of the same kind of consequences he did, right? We don't have to give into those temptations. And, and when you, if you're going to come, you know, for the next weeks, we're going to read about all the consequences, and it gets bad, right? And here's the thing. God's going to forgive David when he repents, and he's going to repent, and God will forgive him. But the consequences are going to remain right? The problems are going to come. If you go out and get drunk tonight and get in a fist fight, maybe you go down to the plaza and, and uh, for whatever, uh, you think, hey, I'm going to get hammered tonight and, and uh, you get all drunk, get in a fight, and somebody busts your nose and breaks your arm and breaks your leg. You know, you can wake up in the hospital tomorrow and I'll come visit you and I'll pray for you and you can repent and God will forgive you. But you're still going to have a broken nose and a broken arm and a broken leg, right? And, and that's not going to go away. And, and so, you know, our country is in a place where people don't think about consequences. I read Pew Research said the United States has the highest rate of fatherlessness of any country in the world. Right, you realize that? So we have more broken homes, more fatherlessness, and and as I started researching it, and and this is what happens when when people have adulterous affairs. Uh, It it destroys families. And did you know that 85% of youth in prison come from fatherless homes? How many of you knew that? Did you come last night? (laughs) right? 63% of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 70% of teen pregnancies come from fatherless homes. 75% of adolescent murderers come from fatherless homes. 90% of homeless runaway child come from fatherless homes. 83% of children uh, who have uh, behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 70% of adolescent Uh, patients in drug and alcohol treatment centers originate from fatherless homes. And I could go on and on and on, right? There are consequences for sin. Our society looks around and says, oh, the problem, drug abuse, homelessness, crime, abortion, whatever it is, those are just symptoms, right? Those are not the root problem. The root problem is there's no dad in the home. The families are falling apart. Why? Is it just an accidental thing? No, there was a plan. Uh, In 1960, only 4% of single mothers had never been married. Today, 52% of single mothers have never been married. Now, that's a deliberate thing. You're like, well, why is that? Why? Why do we have so many homes without dads now? Well, uh, why are 52% of women getting pregnant today and raising children out of wedlock? Well, because politically, uh, you know, back in the 60s, well, I don't know if you know, a little history lesson, in the 60s, there was this big peace, drugs, rock and roll movement, and I wasn't around then, so, but basically, I think they all ate ALSD, tie-dyed their clothes, and had sex with anybody they wanted to, and thought, hey, this is awesome, right? Just peace, sex, drugs, whatever. Uh, we've, uh, although that's not that bad compared to now, but, but here's what happened, though. Back then, so what happened? People just having sex with people, and so a lot of Moms without, without Dads, and so in 1964, a liberal Democrat president, Lyndon B. Johnson, launched his Great Society Welfare Program, and it was to promote equity. You heard of that before? <laughs> promote equity, and basically what it was, give money to single moms, and there was one rule, though. There could be no man in the house. So you just think through, that, that still goes on today, right? And then culturally in our society now, Hollywood teaches this thing called toxic masculinity, and uh, that basically means that men are toxic and stupid and they're harmful to your well-being. So, uh, you know, feminism teaches young women you don't need a man, you know, whatever. And you just think about how that affects society. Uh, I mean, even worse than that, and I could go on a lot of other things. But, but here's the thing. The real problem is not abortion. It's not guns. It's not racism. It's that the family is being destroyed in, a, in our country, right? And it's a direct result of rejecting God's Word. Because the Bible says that God has a plan right? That a man and a woman get married, have children, and suffer. <laughs> it doesn't say that. I mean, <laughs> you're going to learn patience, whatever, right? But uh, now here's the thing. That's a joke, right? But, but you know, being married helps you grow emotionally, spiritually, intellectually. I mean, all those ways because you're going to marry somebody. You're like, who are you and why do you act that way? And then, and then you're on this lifelong journey of growth, right? But But our society is just disintegrating because of sin, because of rejection of God's Word. James 1.14 says, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. When people get involved in all kinds of things they shouldn't, it's just because they're drawn away, and that simply means that idea they're drawn away, it's like a trap. Baited like a mouse trap, and when it says enticed, it has to do with like baiting a hook when you're catching fish. Now, here's the good news, though: there's a bunch of research that says if you're a Christian, you go to church, you love God, you read your Bible every day, then things go much better. The divorce rate is, like, I don't, I don't know the percentage, but it's infinitely better when you're seeking God. And you say, well, Pastor Bob, what if I've already, you know, given to the temptation? Well, verse three it says, David sent an inquiry about the woman. And someone said to him, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So what's happening in verse 3? Well, God sent his servants back to say, David said, who is that woman? And here's what they said. She's a married woman. (laughs) She's not available, right? God sent people to tactfully tell David, stop, don't do it. And I believe God sent these servants to tell David, don't do it, David, right? And God always makes a way out. And that's a great picture for us. See, at this point, David could have said, oh, she's married. Okay, never mind. Don't invite her over, right? And, and all of us could do the same. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Therefore, let no one think uh, he stands. Take heed, lest he fall, right? And, and so who's that written to? It's to us, Christians. Take heed lest you fall. God doesn't want you to fall. Here's the good news. No temptation is overtaking you except it's common to man. People tell me, oh Pastor Bob, you don't understand. I understand. We're all heathens. We're all tempted, right? Just some of us choose to obey God's Word and some of us don't. Now, without the Holy Spirit, you can't obey. So you need to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. But he goes on to say, hey, all of us are tempted. It's common. Temptations are common. But here's the good news. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you were able but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I love that. God will always make a way of escape. Remember Joseph when he was at Potiphar's house and she's like, hey baby, let's hook up. And Joseph said, no, ah!" And what did he do? He ran naked and afraid, right? I mean, she pulled his towel down and, and, but he got away and he he got in trouble for it. But still, God blessed him, right? And and sometimes we need to run away. God loves you. He wants to bless your life. He doesn't want you to self-destruct. But if you want to, you can. But I'm here to tell you, I've been there, done that. It's not good, right? God wants to bless your life. He wants you to experience joy and peace and love. And, and part of that is not giving in to temptation. And, and God gives us David as a man who loves God, and, and yet, you know, he fell. And, and so it can happen to any of us. And so if you're here today and, and you... You know, feel like, man, I, I need to get right with God. I, the Bible says that you can ask for forgiveness, right? And, and, but the Bible also says the first step is to have a personal relationship with Him. And if you've never asked Jesus into your life, you can pray and ask Him to forgive you and to come into your life and He'll help you, right? I was an atheist who had no self control whatsoever. I went to church, prayed, started reading my Bible. God gave me strength. It doesn't matter where you're at, God loves you and He wants to bless you, right? And, and if you've been involved in things you shouldn't be, you can just say, Lord, forgive me. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 8, if we say we have, sin- have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's so good. you can just confess your sin and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me.
0: Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Calvary is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday, with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you.